Welcome to the Polymeric Podcast. My name is Lucy and today I'm happy to present you Cindy Leeds. Cindy is an accomplished polymer clay artist, a teacher, constant experimenter, a successful businesswoman and, above all, a constant source of inspiration for the international polymer clay community. Let's find out what is behind Cindy's undying enthusiasm and creativity. Hello Cindy, how are you doing? What's new in your world of polymer clay and in your life? Hi Lucy, it's so fun to meet you. It's I've known you um, for years, but never really talked to you directly. So yeah. it's very cool to be here with you today. Um, lots of things are happening in my world. Um, we recently moved to a beautiful place on Vancouver Island in Canada, mm -hmm. British Columbia, and we're just kind of getting unpacked and getting reset up and. Uh, I just love it here so much. It's just, I, I feel like I finally got to be where I should have been for a long time. So that's one of the things. And then, you know, there's always the, the business side of things, building and websites and all that stuff. Wow. What about your new studio? How does it look like right now? Um, well, it's getting set up. I've got lots and lots and lots of drawers of clay <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's a little smaller than my previous um, one, so I've had to kind of re rethink what what goes where. I always like to set things up in zones um, and make sure that it's really efficient. So I'll, I spend a lot of time standing there looking at things, trying to figure out what's going to be next <laughs> and where to put stuff. And But it's coming along. I'm really excited about it. We have to say honestly that you are well known in the polymer clay community. How would you introduce yourself to someone who is not familiar with your work yet? Well, I would say that I am a student and a teacher of polymer clay. Um, I'm known as the polymer clay tutor and I teach online. You know, we have an online business where I teach people how to work with polymer clay and I'm a YouTuber. I guess it really depends on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to someone young, it's usually a YouTuber. They get it. They know what I'm doing. Um, if it's an older person, I tell them I teach craft classes. You know, I don't know. It just depends on who I'm talking to. What about your husband? Does he still help you with videos and projects that you do? Yes, he works with me full time. We both have been full time for, mm -hmm. well, pretty much since we began, um, 14 years ago now, I guess, and. Is it 14? It was 2008 when we first got our first um, video up. Um, yeah, he works with me full time. He's right now in the process of re-getting set up with our new studio and everything and um, new office. He's kind of scrambling to get our new set. We need a, a film set set up and that'll be in the room behind me. And then, um, so we can't really do any um, filming of tutorials or YouTube videos right now. But very soon, and he's working on it, so he's getting set up. So, But he does all the admin, the filming. I just am the creative person. I do all the making. Maybe would you have any kind of advice for a successful and peaceful collaboration in relationship? Uh, <laughs> well, obviously, we know how to work together because we wouldn't be working together for so long um, without being able to do that. Um, we had businesses before, um, starting with the polymer clay tutor, we had, we actually were trout farmers. 
so trout farming is more his thing and I was more, um, you know, support. I think when you're working with someone else, you have to figure out what your roles are. Um, and then you have to figure out where your strengths are and make sure that people are kind of staying in their lane. And then you're not, you're allowed the freedom of the other person to do their part of the business, how they would like to do it. And then you can work together quite well that way. And I'm, I'm the creative. I, I think completely out of, out of the box and he thinks very in the box. I'm not a numbers person. He handles the numbers. He does the business side of things. He keeps everything in order and it's, it's just fantastic to have him as my partner. So yeah, if you're going to work with somebody, you got to let the person have their strengths and, and work with those. So that's so cool. You know, it's incredible that you managed to live next to each other as a partners and also to do some projects and job regularly, I guess every single day. So mm -hmm. you're basically freelancers. Do you like the idea of having the kind of freedom, which, you know, you can basically do whatever you want every single day, but with that, Freedom also comes a lot of responsibility. So how do you feel about that? Um, I think that people think that it's a lot of freedom. It actually is. Well, you'll probably know this. You actually have less free time. Uh, you have less freedom. You do have freedom with scheduling. So, you know, if, if someone needs to meet with you at nine in the morning or 10 at night, you can do that quite easily. Um, but you don't, like we haven't had a vacation in years. Um, there's a lot of, uh, maintenance stuff you do every single day. I mean, I have a bit of a routine, so I try to step away from the business a bit on the weekend. Um, on, on Friday nights, I go spend the night with my parents. Now, um, my mom is, um, my mom has Alzheimer's, so they could use some support and some friendship and some, you know, just having me around. So I, and I love to be with them so I can go, I can set up my schedule how I want to, but it isn't a ton of freedom really. It's, it's a ton of work and lots of responsibility and you never, it's because it's online and it's, it's worldwide. There's, um, there's no time when you're not on. <laughs> so, you know, you, Uh, Doug handles all the administration and everything and he'll get texts in the middle of the night um, from somewhere across the world that are, are not texts but messages and, and emails and stuff and they want you to jump on it right away and we're just a two-man team so it's um, not really possible for him to jump on their question immediately because he's sleeping. <laughs> So yeah, there's a lot of that, but you know, you, there is, there's the freedom to take your life in the direction you want to take it to. And there's the freedom in, um, setting things up in how you do things and what works for you and what doesn't work, but it isn't quite as, I can't just go to the beach all the time. I've got lots of stuff to get done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and do you set any kind of rules? where you want to work where do you prefer to have some rest is there like a number of hours you work a day that you really try to work in that amount of time 
Yeah, I think like since I've worked for myself for a long, long time, um, probably 30 years now, I've been self-employed, um, different businesses with Doug and stuff. The only way it really works is if you, or at least for me, um, is to make sure that you have set set times that you're you're at at the computer, set times you're at the bench, you know, working on different things and making sure that you are fulfilling all the different things. You, sometimes, you know, you might have a crunch, like when we were moving, you know, I didn't get as much uh, socials done. In fact, I'm not great at social anyways. I, I would love to have somebody come in and help me do that. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I get up every Monday morning and come up, come up the stairs. We have taken the whole top floor of this house and made it business. And it's like, I go upstairs, do business five o'clock. I usually go downstairs and do some, you know, cooking and housework. And I always relax. I, t I tend to separate my, my business and my daytime quite well. Doug isn't terribly good at that. He, he just works all the time. <laughs> Would you be open to share with us how long is your to-do list right now? Um, well, for this, whoops, for this week, I have my planner here. Let's see. Wow. It's long. Oh my God. <laughs> um, it's always long. Sometimes that's some of the stuff on there isn't that critical. Um, you may think it is, but it isn't. You usually find out when, when, when your feet are in the fire, you usually figure out what's the most important thing to get done and you do that. And often some of the other stuff can kind of slip away and you, you either get it done or you never do. <laughs> you move on. <laughs> How do you keep track with everything that you have on your plate? How do you schedule things? Do you use like online planner or do you prefer write things down on the paper? Um, I actually just use like a, a paper planner because I have ADHD and so I tend to jump all over the place and if I use my computer or my phone for my scheduling um, especially my phone um, I'll get a notification on my phone and then I'll go look at that and then I'll look at oh and then somebody has something else great I run down rabbit holes all the time so for me I've figured out that being really routine and then doing stuff in my planner it keeps, it's visual. I have a track of it. I just use like one of these regular um, happy planners, a paper planner that I get a new one every year. I put stickers in it because I like stickers. And, you know, every, every Monday morning I come in, I fill out my planner. I take my stats. I check all my social stats, all the different numbers to kind of see where I'm at. I put a little green mark beside stuff where I'm either growing or at least staying the same and yellow marks beside things I see that are dropping a little. Maybe I've lost a few followers or my reach isn't as high or things like that. So I have little areas in my paper planner that I do my tracking. And then I have, you know, to do's and it's all paper mostly for me, partly because of my age, you know, I grew up with paper. <laughs> Um, my kids don't even touch paper. They basically, everything's on their phone. I do a ton on my phone. It's not that I am completely don't use my phone, but for planning, I need actual paper <laughs> that I can mm -hmm. write on and erase and 
it sticks better in my type of brain that jumps around a lot. Well, we have to say that on your YouTube channel, there are more than 700 of different videos dedicated to polymer <laughs> clay. And I'm curious, what has changed from you since the moment that you published your very first video? Um, well, I used to have to wear a lot more makeup because videos weren't <laughs> as good. <laughs> um, we used to use those big... Um, industrial work lights that you get at Home Depot for our lighting and I used to just die from the heat. Now we've got some LED lights, that's better. Um, I'm probably more comfortable, though I've always been relatively comfortable on camera. Um, don't know why, because I don't really like to get my picture taken that much, but I, I don't know, I guess I'm a person that likes to be on mm -hmm. camera. I, I kind of enjoy it. I don't know, it, there's way better filming. Doug's better at filming um the con content is <laughs> our first videos our first uh, tutorials and actually our our current website which is we're still working on to get updated is very dated like it's very 2008 <laughs> which is really terrible but we're working on it and it's getting done we'll, we should be done this year to be able to relaunch but the first stuff you know we the very first ones we laid out crinkled blue paper as the backdrop so that we could have you know um something that was consistent and then we changed it to a blue sheet and we, i kind of had this little wooden box that we filmed in and doug filmed over my shoulder and it was just <clears throat> one camera um he did a lot of zooming in and zooming out and that kind of stuff not a lot of editing and but you know things are better Cameras are better, lighting's better, skills develop over time. And uh, yeah, you, it's kind of cute to see the first stuff. <laughs> but I'm pretty much the same person. Like I really haven't changed that much. I make just about as many mistakes, forget just about as many things still, you know, even though I've done pro, looks like I've done about 5,000 videos. So wow. when you include all of the behind the scenes stuff we put in our we website and the weekly live um, uh, Q&A that we do on Facebook and, you know, all these other little videos. It's been actually 5,000. We counted them recently and it's, it's nuts. That's incredible. Wow, wow, wow. What about the audience? Like, is it different than the first time you started? Um, yeah, actually a little. There's much more younger guys in there. There's not... A ton of them but there's more than there were at the beginning so at the beginning it was just um, older ladies in their 50s to 60s we actually had quite a few uh, older women in our group and yes you know, because you know I'm a middle-aged woman that makes sense that my followers would be women and also too that they were um, I was making beads and they were the kind of people that weren't necessarily working they were retired and that kind of thing but I'm seeing a lot younger people come in a lot more younger people and a lot more young guys come in so on YouTube we have all, probably about 25% male which is fairly high um, mm. for my niche as far as the other people I've talked to but and you know it's because of all those wonderful guys on there making those great video game characters and they have millions of followers and and then 
you know, those young guys need help with baking or scorching or glues or whatever it is. And that's where they land on my videos. So, you know, I'm kind of curious. It's very interesting that you have also men in the audience because we see a lot of sculptors who are, let's say, presenting their artwork on different social media, TikTok, Twitch. So when it comes to other platforms, have you ever considered to trying also other mediums and other social media platforms than just YouTube? Yes. Well, right now we're mostly on Facebook and um, I am on Instagram. I'm not particularly good at being consistent on Instagram and I've done like four or five videos on TikTok. I think what the problem is, is that I would love to be on those, but they're not they're not something that's just natural for me to figure out. And Doug doesn't have time to, to be filming that stuff. And then I, I try to do a video and I end up looking pretty corny or something. And then I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter if I look corny. I, I, I don't have like too much pride to do poorly first and then improve, but I do want to improve, but half, it sucks half the day out of my, like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to put the labels on or, or move something or do something cute with it. And, you know, it takes me half the day and then I, I've run out of time. So it's more of a time thing. I wish I had, honestly, I wish I had my daughter here who could just film me and, and pop out all kinds of great stuff. <laughs> But yeah, I'm mostly on, um, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter. I mean, I have an account and I did post there recently, but it's pretty sporadic at best um you know it's 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 hard because i would have to post all that stuff myself and i just have a hard time balancing everything there's a lot to do so but i'd love mm -hmm. to be on there more speaking about your facebook uh, live weekly videos you know mm -hmm. do you really do them every single week that's a lot of time yeah yeah we're at um volume or not volume number 243 we did this week. I just oh do God. them every single... Every, well, you know, if you do something every week and just keep doing them, they add up, you know? So if you just keep showing up, that's the biggest thing. Like people go, well, how come you have so much volume? Well, I just didn't leave. I didn't stop doing it. So it, yeah, we were at 243. I've only in the last, whenever we started, I, I don't know, maybe four years ago or so, or three or four years ago. Um, I think I've only skipped maybe three or four weeks out of all of that time. Once was my daughter got married and once it sort of landed on Christmas. I think a couple of times it landed sort of on the Christmas holiday and that's it. Like I show up every Wednesday and um, I record it. We do some very cool things with that too. Um, we take the, like, it's not just about the one hour weekly Q and a where people come in and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I take those questions after the broadcast and I split them up into all the little videos that go with it. So I've got, you know, anywhere between, um, yeah, sometimes five depends on, you know, what I've talked about and sometimes 20, but the average is around 10 decent questions that I have the question and the answer to that I can cut out and have in short video. And that's all going into a big vault on our website, um, the new one that we're building. And then it will also go out in other places, you know, like Google answers mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So 
it's it's kind of it almost I mean it matters to me I love having people come every week but if they didn't show I would still I still have a long list of questions that I've got some it's taken me sometimes two years to get to questions because I also answer the ones that come in live so the ones on the list could be you know quite a long time before I get to but um, you know there's always content and more and more and more do you still feel that there is something interesting about polymer clay for you as you have been devoting your how many years more than 14 years yeah yeah more than 14 years to this material do you still feel that there is something to talk about do you enjoy that oh god yeah you know i don't i the the coolest coolest thing i mean you can tell that i love supplies i mean i love supplies i've loved supplies since i was a little girl and i used to teach craft classes in all kinds of different mediums and the coolest thing about polymer clay is that you can you I feel like you just can't get bored. There's just way, way too many options. So yeah, maybe I'm tired of making beads and I could do some earrings, I could do jewelry. If I don't feel like doing jewelry, I can make figurines. I made some really cute um, little video game characters for my nephew for Christmas and I love doing that. And I'd never really done any sculpting or any characters or figurines and you know, most of my um, followers aren't really video game character fault, uh, makers, but I enjoyed the process. And you can make it look like metal, you can make it look like wood, you can do miniatures, you can make it huge, you can make it small, you can make decor, you can sand it, buff it, drill it, paint it, you know, anything. So if you are bored with polymer clay, you're a boring person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine how you couldn't, you know, I can't imagine how you would get bored of it. I mean, I could see you moving off and doing something else, but you know, it's very exciting. And I don't mind hearing the same question over and over and over. Everyone asks it in a different way. So, and over time, my opinions might change a little. Maybe there's a better product. Maybe there's a Maybe there's a product I hate now that 10 years later, it's now flaky or sticky or something like that. Maybe there's a product that's been discontinued or techniques or my skills have changed. So like my, you know, it's, it, it, it's an evolving thing and I've never gotten mm-hmm. bored of it. Just never been bored. And do you still remember the very first time you work with polymer clay? Yeah, actually on my desk, I have this, um, pair of, no, it's a little bag of, uh, this first cane that I ever made and it's pretty terrible, but I was so proud of it. Um, it was this little cane. Uh, you probably won't be able to see it, but it's tiny little, mm-hmm. all wonky. The colors are bad. I think I made it with, um, Sculpey three. So of course some of the beads broke, <laughs> but, um, you know, I had seen Donna Cato on um, the Carol Duvall show, mm-hmm. which was an American craft show years ago. And, and I just, I couldn't believe she could do that with, with the clay. I had some FEMO in the house and I thought, oh, I used to play with that. I made some really terrible earrings in the eighties that were just massive. And mind you, they're massive again, which is quite fun, but they were terrible. But I loved it and I got, I played with it and I thought I, I ended up using these beads for, um, uh, 
part of the kit when I was teaching. Um, I used to teach craft classes and I just put those beads in one of the kits for the class that I was teaching. And, you know, I don't know, like I've improved. Obviously, I wouldn't make those beads anymore, but I don't think, you know, you, you change and you grow and you get better and you keep stretching and you can't be embarrassed by where you started is what I think. So I'm still kind of proud that of these wonky little beads because they were what made me excited about polymer clay. So, you know, I'm curious because I'm, I feel always that I'm sort of not now, but I used to be the youngest one in the polymer clay community and I'm kind of interested in the history of polymer clay. So I have to ask you, what was the polymer clay community look like around the time that you started and what's different now? To be honest, like I've always kind of just done my own thing. Um, I was a, I was a craft teacher here and so I just started doing that. Doug wanted to do it online because we he was changing work and we did it. I just kind of did my own thing and I wasn't even really that aware of other than Don, seeing Donna Cato on the TV. I didn't really know anybody else. Like I wasn't part of any of any guild. I wasn't part of, there was some groups of people doing stuff and I was never really part of them. I don't think they really got me. I don't think they really understood me. I wasn't really part of that. So I've kind of always just been this lone wolf kind of doing my own thing. Um, it's only been probably the last couple of years that I've started to kind of connect with people better knowing that that's more important, like just doing things on your own is, is nice and everything, but there's a big, huge community. <laughs> and so I've gotten to know people like you and Ginger and, you know, lots of other people out there. Um, different companies send me things. I get to know people through Instagram because some new um, creator will have designed some cutters that they want me to share with everybody and things like that. So I, I'm starting to make some friends, but I've kind of just done things on my own pretty much the whole time. Um, every once in a while I would, you know, talk to people, but you know, I haven't really been traveling. I haven't been out there connecting, but I am starting to do that now. So. And when did you realize that from something that you love, you can actually create a business to make a living? Oh, right at the beginning. Like we started before I was even really very good at polymer clay. Um, I knew I was a really good teacher because of my, um, all the craft classes that I'd been teaching. So I'd, I used to teach at um, night school, like a continuing education system. And I had all kinds of different crafts that I did. Um, I made handmade paper. We did painted on wine glasses. We did punch tin. We did, um, you know, paper folding and mosaic work and all kinds of whatever craft was popular. I would figure out how to do it and then I'd teach it. Um, so always something is a business to me. <laughs> um, Doug and I have always had businesses. My dad was an inventor. He was a commercial fisherman and he, he invented his own fishing lure And when I was a kid, I spent years um, painting fishing lures with um, alcohol ink pens. And then he would dip them in lacquer and sell them and we'd bag them up. And so I, I've always understood the small home-based business. 
And Doug's always done something. When he was a teenager, he sold lollipops to kids. He'd buy the big bulk ones and then sell them to kids on the playground. It's just everything has always been a business to me. Um, whether or not it would make money, that would was different. You'd, you'd kind of get a feel for what you think might work. We've had several businesses where, um, you know, the idea was really cool, but the market really wasn't ready for it. And so we had to kind of abandon it. But we knew that beads, that's kind of why we started as beadsandbeading.com, is we knew that beads had been around for thousands of years. That's probably not going to be a trend that will go away and that we could always um, do something with it. And we knew it was about that online kind of was going to be the thing and that it was a lot easier to teach one class in my house one time and film it and then keep selling it over and over than to pack all my stuff up and go to some night school, you know, an hour away and set up and teach for 20 people and then pack it up and clean up and get prepped for the next week. Like, so we understood that, that, that there was a business model there right from the very beginning. With running your website and shooting so many videos and taking care of your YouTube channel, do you still have time to create something from polymer clay just for you, just because you love that? Um, now, not as much as I want to. Um, sometimes there'll be um, a present or something that I've um, made that you know sometimes there's an excuse like when I did those little uh, figurines there was an excuse to make something for a Christmas present for my nephew didn't know what to give him and I knew he was really into video games so I, I made some stuff but I honestly don't make that much stuff for myself except for I made a pair of earrings this week mm -hmm. <laughs> so I made a pair of earrings I didn't film it oh And I didn't, all I did, I did take a couple pictures and put them on social, but I didn't film it for my people. I just hundred percent did it for myself. I, I grabbed some clay. I rolled out some scraps. I was actually just mixing some scraps up to clean up my area. They looked cool. I had some cutters sitting there and I thought I should cut them out. I need a new pair of earrings. Mine are getting a little dated <laughs> and I made a pair and I played with it and I just kind of snuck some time in and it was hundred percent for me. So yeah, um, from time to time there is that not as much as I would love. Mind you, when I am, am in production mode, um, I keep all my stuff. I don't sell it. At, um, I mean, I have some stuff I probably should sell because I have a bunch of, you know, duplicates and things. Um, and I have to get around to figure out what to do with all of that stuff. But You know, I keep most of my ear. If it's something turns out really cool, I want to keep it <laughs> so that I can re-show it and show it again and again and bring it out. Monica here is my mannequin. We named her Monica in one of our live broadcasts. We wear polymer clay jewelry and she needs something to wear. So, you know, I always do a me and Monica segment on our, my live broadcast. And it's my way of showing some of my past jewelry and, you know, different things. It's quite fun. And... I enjoy her company because she never talks back. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow, that's funny. Maybe perhaps in the future, do you plan to step out of your online bubble, if I may name that in this way, and maybe consider teaching live classes and meet people on events and so on? Yeah, there's two things I want to do. One thing is we now move to this 
beautiful place mm-hmm. on the water. Like it's it's a it's a little cottage on the water in this in the forest. <laughs> and it's so beautiful in this area. Like so I want to do retreats. That's been a dream of mine mm-hmm. for a long time to do a a high-end retreat where it's, you know, you you get to go out into nature and collect things and come back and be inspired, mix colors, use all of the cool equipment I have. I have so much cool supplies and tools and things because companies send me product all the time, you included. I've got, um, you know, Lucy Clay slicers and machines and all kinds of stuff. And a lot of times people would just die for the opportunity to get to try all of these mm-hmm. things before they buy them. So I want to do a, like a three day retreat kind of thing. Not this year. It's got, we have too much on our plate, but soon in the next year or two, I want to do one or two retreats a year and really make it something super special where you're here morning, noon and night and doing different things. You can go out to the beach, to the forest and also, you know, Wow. Sit by the campfire and all that kind of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And uh, that is what I'm really hoping to do at some point. And then the other thing I would really love to do is to start going to events. Um, Now that the world is opening up to a certain extent, um, I've always wanted to go to the the craft and hobby show. They call it creativation now. Um, It's it's not a polymer clay event. It's a craft hobby um, supply event. But I love supplies. I love supplies and tools. And I love seeing how I can make them work in the polymer clay world. Um, I love to test them. I love to review them. That's probably the thing that makes me the most fired up is seeing if I can figure out how to make a technique or um, see if this paint works with that thing or this tool works with that and how to... So. That is one of the events I want to go to because that's where all the uh, manufacturers are. So I'd get to see them in person instead of only doing DMs and stuff like that. Um, And then probably some events. Um, I can't, I'm not allowed to teach in the U.S. The U.S. won't allow Canadians to teach there. Mm -hmm. Um, They have kind of an exclusive thing. I don't know about Europe. We haven't worked that out yet. How is it possible that you cannot teach there like they prefer to be honest i don't know how anyone that's out of the country is doing it because they're very exclusive they won't um you can't do it usually legally anyways Mm -hmm. so that's crazy um i would yeah so i can't go down there i can go down there and visit an event but i can't be a teacher i can't get paid for it um because i'm technically taking a job away from the an american and that's kind of how that works there um they can come teach here canadians don't have the same rule well partly because we're a smaller country too we most likely want to bring in experts and i think it's a good idea to bring experts in from other parts of the world Mm -hmm. because you get different points of view but um that's you know the way it works down there they they want to see if they can have an American mm-hmm. first. You can sometimes get permits, but it, it can be very expensive. It can cost you like $5,000 to get the paperwork and everything. And so it has to be really worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wow. that's why I haven't taught down it down there. But years ago, we did some road trips where we had an RV and we drove around the, the country and we 
um, you know, had meetups and stuff. That was really fun. Yeah, that's so, what I wanted to ask. If you like plan to connect the traveling and your hobbies and passion with polymer clay together, because that's a way how to enjoy both and, you know, meet some new people. It's what I would love to do. I just, we've got to fit it in. And you always have to kind of balance um, things between what, you know, you can't just drop the ball in other areas. And because there is only two of us right now, if we had more support, which hopefully when we do a relaunch, we can afford to have uh, more support, then, um, you know, maybe more traveling will be in the mix. But <laughs> mm-hmm. road trips work out okay because you can use Wi-Fi and, and still do live broadcasts and filming and stay in, you know. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see. But there's something I'd love to do because I'd love to meet you in person. Yeah, I would love to It'd meet you great. as well. It's so cool. And, you know, I'm so, <laughs> you know, I really thought that we already met and you are so familiar to me following <laughs> your videos and watching those live uh, videos on Facebook as well. So it's very nice and I appreciate that you found the time to be on the podcast today. And, you know, I have to ask, and it's still in my mind, if you would be open to share what's your best and what is your worst moment that happened when doing a broadcast? Um, The best... I don't know. I, well, this is pretty cool. <laughs> um, being here is cool. Um, best moments, you know, I, usually the latest thing is the best unless it mm-hmm. didn't work out. Um, the worst, I don't know. Oh, one time on, on Facebook, some, some spammer came in and, um, kept spamming and saying all this stupid stuff in the chat and, because I am ADHD, I just kept looking. I couldn't ignore this person and I kept trying to cut them out yeah. and I couldn't figure out how to block them because that had never happened before. Because usually, like, I really get very little hate. Um, um, maybe it's because I'm like a five-year-old kid most of the time and you can't be mean to a five-year-old. So I don't know. It I don't get much hate and this thing was throwing me off and it was getting all mixed up and, it, and I was trying to just cut them out and finally got them blocked and and then I could kind of think straight but I was a little rattled for a bit but other than that like I don't know I'm okay with making mistakes I'm okay with things not working out um and I'm usually just as excited now as I was before and I don't know I don't have best and worst that much really Mm -hmm. everything is all good (laughs) Well, I have to say that I appreciate what you do because I can imagine how hard and difficult it must be to, you know, be open and think about what you are going to say, but also in the same way trying to catch up with people in the comments, writing questions and, you know, asking about some details. So how do you manage to do both things at once? Um, well... What I do is I look over at the question, I read out the question so everyone hears it, and that's when I'm absorbing what the question is. And I just have like so much stuff that I've learned over the years that it's all just sitting there. So I just figure out what the answer is. And if I don't know, I'll say so. One thing that does happen though is I do lose track of the conversation then because now I'm funneled in answering my question. And I have had it where the broadcast, the audio is gone. I'm still talking because I'm in the funnel there thinking and I missed 
everybody yelling at me going, Sandy, 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 it's, there's no audio. You know, I've done that, but it's okay. It's fine. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I've always really admired you. Like you're so young and so skilled and so professional. I mean, I, I see your, the level of your, um, skill set is amazing for such a young person. And I, I, I really wish that I had had the opportunity to start so young too. Like it's, I've, you know, I started this. Okay. So I'm 55 now and I started 14 years ago, you know, so I was an older lady. Like I, I don't consider myself old. I'll be hopefully like Betty White one day. So old wrinkled lady still doing stuff. But, um, you know, I just, if I had, like, art was never valued other than from my family and stuff. It wasn't valued when I was young. It was go to school, get a degree, you know, be a scientist and, you know, get a career and that kind of stuff. And I, I always just, I tried a million things. I had 40 different jobs and I'm not lying, like 40, mm -hmm. 39, maybe, or 41, but it's in the 40 range of different kinds of jobs that I had sometimes three at the same time. And sometimes businesses with Doug and sometimes side things that I did. And I never really got to see value in being creative until, until we got online. Like, I mean, I, I, when I was doing the craft classes, I did get money paid for that. And so I was starting to, to start seeing the value of that and teaching and crafting, but crafting was always just this thing that I was good at and everyone assumed I would be good at it. And that was fine, but it never had a monetary value until later in my life. And I finally feel like I found myself, so I'm not going to be leaving anytime soon. Um, I don't, you know, I'll be around till I'm, till I'm a very old lady, but I do admire and, and really, almost envy you and the young ones that get to start right away and feel confident about it and feel the va valued for it. It's a very cool skill that not everybody can do. And it finally has, is getting, because of YouTube, it finally is getting valued. One of my kids' friends, my son Fisher, his friend um, asked me what no, he said, oh, I hear you're a YouTuber. Like he was all excited. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever because I've talked to lots of older people and they don't get it. They don't understand it. It's not a real career. What are you doing? But the young ones get it. And I, I just, uh, I'm so excited about mm -hmm. that for them and for all the creative types that have always wanted, that love to be in in the cameras and talking to yeah. people or teaching or love their favorite thing whatever it was and well yeah i totally understand you know you you said that you almost annoy me that i started young but the truth is that the reaction you got from the kid from the boy is something that i'm desperate to get from my grandparents or from those who have no idea what's going on so there are always two sides of the coins, I would say. And it's true that doing these things that are more about online stuff and creating your own business is hard to explain. And I remember in the interview that we did with you, 
last month ago. I remember that you also have a problem to explaining what's your job. So the truth is that for different kind of people, you have a different answer. So how do you deal with that? Would you be rather, you know, like totally open to say what you are doing and what you really love and maybe stop explaining to people that this really has some kind of point or value to others? Because sometimes it's really hard to understand what's going on in this micro world of polymer clay. Yeah, I guess I don't really care what other people yeah. think that much. I'm sort of a weird um, combination of really care and really don't care. So I really care what my family says and I care if somebody says something mean to me. <laughs> like it really bothers me. And I go, well, why wouldn't they like it? Like, why would they be mean? But then I don't care. Like I've always been very independent, like kind of do my own thing. So if I understand, like I'm not, I, I rarely am convincing anyone to, um, I don't justify my life. Like, um, I guess because I did so many different things, everybody just assumes that I'm just, uh, I think it's the amount of time I've been in it that my, fa the people that are important to me, um, my family, I want them to, to think that I'm cool and got a, a proper um, career and that I'm a successful person. Um, I think it's just been the sheer amount of time that I'm still doing it that, and you know, we have a house and property and stuff. They, they go, oh, okay, I guess it must be legitimate. So with them, you know, they're, and now my siblings, like my younger, um, my siblings are a little bit younger than me they both recently said that they thought it was pretty cool what I was doing, which I was surprised at because they hadn't really said that in the past. But, you know, I don't know. Like, I guess I don't really have anyone that I have to justify it to. And if somebody doesn't get it, I don't worry about it. Um, they just think I'm a weird artist, artsy type anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, it's a strange career and, uh, Maybe at your age, when you're trying to make a life for yourself, though you've accomplished so much in such a young amount of time. Like, I don't even know what I was doing at your age. Probably, uh, well, I was married and I had a fish farm. So maybe that was probably feeding fish or something. But, um, you know, maybe you have had to feel like you've had to, you know, explain your career. But yeah. I don't know. I've never really had so that, to, so... You know, I think I the saddest really thing in society itself is that it has a value if they are money and if they are things at some point. I, I'm not saying that everyone is thinking in this way, but a lot of people do. So I think that, as you say, that when, when you get a property or when things around you are working, then it's considered that you are successful and that what you do has some kind of value. But to me, it's always been like, do you love your job? Is it something that you would love to do on Sunday, on the weekend? So do you feel that you found the job of your life after those 40 jobs you had before? Oh, yeah. for sure. I mean, I was, yes. Except for the part when right now, when I have to work on spreadsheets to get the the keywords into my website. Like I hate doing that. That's just awful. And working on our website. But my favorite thing, I mean, 
to get to talk to you and that gets to be my job, like that's about that's as cool. cool as it gets yeah. for somebody to send me product and I get to open it like it's Christmas all the time. Like, and I go, and I, I look at the stuff and I think, oh, I get to figure out something to make with it. Like, I mean, that's a way better job for me. It suits, suits me. It suits, suits my, the way my brain works. It suits my experience. It suits everything. Like, finally, I get to have a real career. I've done so many other jobs for other people that were, you know, I was always a super hard worker, but you know, I did fish farming and, um, uh, I worked at restaurants and I, um, worked at a tanning salon and a video store and, a, um, you know, I did paperwork for a temporary company and I did, um, I worked at a truck stop and I worked at a mental care home. Um, I did that for quite a few years. That's, that was one thing that made me who I am. And actually, you know, all of those previous jobs, made me who I am today. They've made me more open. They've made me more grateful. They've made me more, um, I've had so many different things that I've done that I have more skills that I know how to do with my hands. You know, I used to butterfly. It's called butterflying when you remove all of the bones from a trout, um, mm -hmm. with, but leave all the rest of the fish looking the way it is. Well, I could do that in, I believe it was like 15 seconds. I could butterfly a trout. Well, that's going to give you some skills with your hands. Mm -hmm. Like, and there's management and all that kind of stuff. So I can't regret it. I just kind of wish I got to start earlier. But, you know, I would, I, I don't know. This is, for me, this is, this is ideal. I'll be doing something along this lines for the rest of my life and, I can't see retiring other than maybe slowing down and definitely getting more help. I really mm -hmm. can't stand any of the admin stuff. Like this is just, ugh, yeah, that's what I <laughs> wanted to ask. Where do you see yourself and your projects in next years? Um, this year I want Doug and I to get, um, our business relaunched because having a 2008 website is just bad. Like you can't have that anymore. It's broken. You can't buy stuff easily. We'll have a new store, a new website. We're relaunching. We've got a little bit different business model. Um, similar. It'll be all me all the time. All this stuff. So there's lots. That'll be the same. But there's tons of content. Um, super searchable product or uh, content so that you can easily find anything. So that's fantastic. So that coming up will... I don't even want to say timelines anymore because it took way longer than we expected. Um, and we still keep running across something else that has to get done. Um, but so in this next year, we're going to get relaunched hopefully by the fall. Um, we'll be back on YouTube doing uh, consistent videos in there and we'll have another thousand in there before you know it. And then the, then once that whole ball is rolling again and, and back to we've got our whole system figured out, hopefully we'll have another staff member or, or a few, whether they're virtual, probably virtual, because we're way out here. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be a single person. There's only 100 houses on this one mm -hmm. section. Like this is like we're way out here. Um, and then I want to start doing the retreats and getting back out there. And um 10 years, who knows, but it's all still probably going to be all polymer clay. Um, maybe bringing more people into the mix. I don't know. We'll see. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I can't see changing. I could see the, the thing, 
the the actual tutorials and the the color recipes and that kind of stuff shifting a little as products change and and uh, uh trends change i mean i'm you know earrings may come and go they'll probably change their style here pretty quick um and you know who knows what i'll be doing next but it'll be polymer clay based and knowledge based and supply based Wow. I love supplies, cool. like I've mentioned before. So there'll always be new supplies, always be new tools, always be new things to figure out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the best way to use it, whether it works or not. Do you have any advice or something you would like to share as the last thing in this podcast with our listeners? You know, I would like to see people to be more authentic yeah. like to just be themselves it's so much easier to be yourself than it is to try to be somebody else so and like a lot of people think that what they are is not good enough but there's always somebody that will resonate with you not every gallery um you know uh highly trained artist is going to look at me and say, yeah, no, that's who I'd like to be because I'm a kind of goofy. I say things kind of stumble along. So like not every single person is going to be able to relate to me. Some people won't like my voice. Somebody didn't like that. I breathed in too much. <laughs> I was hoping to continue to breathe because, mm -hmm. you know, that keeps me alive. <laughs> But you know, you, if you're really authentic, the way the world works now with the exposure that we have, <clears throat> You can find your people and you don't have to, you can just be you. And that's the easiest thing to be. You'll do the best at it. So that's probably the big thing. And then if it's, um, if it's polymer clay that you want to get good at, you have to just do it. You can't just watch always. You have to open up the package of clay and you have to actually just play with it and not expect masterpieces at the beginning the be but to always stretch like i i always describe learning like i say that i'm a student and a teacher because i'm always learning there's always something that i could learn to do a better job next time um but i'm not going to say oh i'm a loser because i did a poor job i just hadn't done that yet so that isn't a skill like i'm not a very good brain surgeon well because I haven't done any brain surgery, I haven't done any st study, like I'm gonna be a really terrible brain surgeon, but I'm really great with supplies. I, I get them, I've been using them since I was a little kid. I just, I love supplies and tools. So no matter what I do, I'm gonna bring that skill with me. And you, as a person learning polymer clay, you can't be down on yourself for not being good yet, but you can't just stay where you are either, you always have to stretch. So I kind of think of it as like a ladder that you're climbing and you have to stretch to reach the next rung and you have to stretch. You have to get your whole body in there and you get your whole body in and stretch to get it and then pull yourself up. If it's always just a really easy climb, then you never get that joy because all the really great stuff is, is on that next level. Like you, the only time you feel really proud of yourself or really excited about something is when you have done the hard thing that you weren't sure you could do, but you thought maybe you could do it and you did it. So like 
just staying stuck at one level is not very good. Being hard on yourself isn't good. Not allowing for mistakes is not good. So just do what you can do. Keep practicing. Keep trying. Do something a little harder next time. Be objective. Go back and look at your stuff and say, yeah, that, you know, what I made here is pretty cool. Like those really weird little things I made. Little... Well, the colors were kind of neat, but the, the other part got blended or the lines weren't that straight. So maybe next time when I go to do it, maybe I won't twist the cane so hard and it won't be so wonky. Or maybe if I use a better brand of clay, maybe it's going to come out a little nicer. So like there's just knowledge, constantly being a student, constantly trying to stretch and just be a little bit better next time. And, and then don't be hard on yourself for your stuff that you you are where you're at. Yeah, thank you. That's a so it's all good. Thank you so much for being a part <laughs> of today's episode. I appreciate that you found the time to connect with me uh, online from a different part of the world. And I'm very happy that we can share <laughs> with our listeners and followers your story. And would you mind to say where people can find you on social media and internet? Yes, we're in a bunch of different places. Now, keep in mind that our website is old, so it will change soon, but we will, we are at polymerclaytutor.com. That is where our blog and website is. Um, I am do a weekly live Q&A broadcast every, um, every week on Wednesday, 12 noon Pacific time. Um, and that is at, if you go to facebook.com forward slash polymerclay. We were lucky enough to get just polymer clay as our um, mm -hmm. thing there, our tag or whatever you call it. So we're polymer clay on Facebook. We're also polymer clay tutor on Instagram. We're polymer clay tips on Twitter and polymer clay tutor on TikTok. And hopefully you'll see more content coming in from us. But uh, those are all the places we'll be so... If you Google polymer clay tutor, you're going to find us. We're all over the place. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day full of creativity and polymer clay. Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. I love talking to you.